Welcome along to the Wise Men's Day podcast. Another victory for us to talk about. It's getting quite good now. And we are joined, myself, Stephen Gorsworth, and Gareth Barker this evening. I didn't give you a chance to do your thing, Gareth. Have you done your thing? Have you worked on a thing or not? Or should I just move on? Worked on a thing? What do you mean? Because I normally ask if you're all right, and then you just say yes, and then you're always kind of like, the implication is then you might go away and come back with a catchphrase or... Uh, an anecdote a catchphrase uh, you, you, anecdote. You, you, you brought that up last week the catchphrase um, thing I, I suggested the anecdote I'm trying from the anecdote I've, angle I'm trying to think I've done anything worthwhile in the last sort of week since we last did a podcast well the pre-batch was good but oh yeah we like, talked about you know, that if, yeah, yeah, yeah that was good bring yeah, that was, later anyway it was nice to see everybody um, back at the peacock um, yeah I was going to come to that that sounded really good actually Oh, well, you're going to come to that, were you? I was going to come oh, to that's good, that, isn't it? If you were going to come to it, that's all right then, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> well, no, it was good because it was it was, it was busy and Darren's always good value. Darren Williams has always got a few different stories up his sleeve, hasn't he? And uh, it was nice to see some familiar faces and have a bit of crack with people as well. venue as well, that side of the town. It's an absolutely fantastic venue. And um, you know, the peace We had a little tour before, didn't we? We did. We, yeah, I mean, everybody didn't get that, but... We... <laughs> Oh, yeah, it was, yeah, it was yeah, 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 like yeah, a, yeah, like a tour guide thing. No, it was. No, it was we got a we went. He's done an amazing job there with the music school upstairs and what they're trying to do. And that's what's great about Sunderland is that you get people in it who try and do really exciting, positive things. And the Peacock is certainly one of yeah. those things at the moment. I so mean, well done a, to them. There's multi purpose and there's multi purpose, but obviously, you get lives. St- Idiots like us in there just talking about football as well, on top of all the live music and that they put on. But like you said, they've got a, you know the, the, the dabbling in higher education now, and um, and people can go and study a degree there, which is just absolutely awesome. And it's a very decorative building, or if I will, a lot of history it's as well. It's a very decorative so building. It is decorative. I couldn't think of a better building. word. Couldn't think of a better word to compliment that. My favourite thing uh, was you wanted to put a bar in every room. You say that <laughs> wherever we go, like whenever Stephen goes anywhere. Where anyone's doing it out, he's like, Oh, you could put a bar in there. Oh, you could put a bar in there. Absolutely. You walked in my garden for the first time, you went, Your garden screaming out for a bar. Well, it, it absolutely yeah. is. So, Gareth's got this like big a garden, garden, all right, calm south, down, south facing, and it's a really good size. Why would you not? Why would you not put a bar in there? Is it just, I mean, I'd like to, like, like it's a good idea, Stephen, but like the practicalities of affording it and implementing it are, are greater than just make it happen. All right, okay, then. <laughs> Like you, did with you wall, like you did with the wall behind you, you took the paper off, you haven't put any on yet. Uh, we just stripped that yesterday, Gareth. Uh, well, gives a I, chance. No, God. No, no, get it done. <laughs> get it sorted. <laughs> right, okay. On the well, top of old flowing alcohol, though, like being back in pubs, I've never really been someone to say in pubs, but sitting around cold flowing alcohol and just being able to chill and do what you want, like. I can understand you wanting to put a bar in every room that you walk into, because especially if you lived in a warmer climate, why would you want to stop drinking beer all day? It's, yeah, it's and to be fair, I think I think he's all, I think he's over egging uh, what I was saying anyway. Basically, <laughs> they've got like a they've got like a really good terrace there that you're not really aware of when you walk past the pub. You don't know it exists because it's on the very top floor and it's a really big open terrace, and I was like, we could definitely put a bar there. Um, well, it's an incredible building and an incredible use of a building, like mm. doing all that stuff with it, with people who pretty much are subject matter experts at this point, you know what I mean? The people mm. involved in regenerating and investing in that side of the town 
and the people getting involved in the projects on that side of the town, like not just that, but you know Ben Wall and all of the all of the projects that he has in food and bars, just how incredible that these homegrown people have flourished to to reinvest the expertise mm. in the area. Like, yeah, very. It's a very good. As someone, this is this is my first plug of the night. As someone who's written a book. We haven't even introduced you, Chris. Half the people listening now is thinking, well, who, who's this voice talking yeah, about? He's like, there's only room for one boring voice in, in this town. Yeah, we'll leave the introductions then... to the end. <laughs> but as, as someone who's written a book about the development of Sunderland's and cultural development of Sunderland in relation to Sunderland Football Club, this era of Sunderland is very interesting to be part of both the football club and the city. Because it seems like since we've reopened after COVID, some sort of chain's been lifted from us or something like that. There's some kind of spring in our step. And the, one of the reasons I wanted to come on here and speak to you, haven't spoken to you in a while. Um, this, is a bit, this is getting a bit... Do you want to introduce him first? Because we're going to be on like, who, who's goal this goal. guy? We're joined, we're joined, by Chris Tom, we are joined by Chris Thompson, I'm sure. Chris remember, Thompson. remember him before he very long got too term, big for his boots. Long he term, this is what I remember. He's done, he's done books before. He was involved in Love Supreme. He's been in bands, that kind of stuff. That kind, that's the kind of person, that's the kind of vibe you get from Chris. So uh, carry on, Chris, because you were speaking very eloquently there, I thought. Oh, thank you very much. One of the reasons I wanted to speak to you is, is it's been a while since I've wanted to talk about something, to be honest. Um, even when we've had these little spells of doing well in bursts under different management and under different owners, there hasn't really been any rhyme or reason to the success. There hasn't been any sustainability or anything like that. This period in particular, I mean, the way we, the way we approached the game on Saturday and the, we were kind of crippled by um, Corey Evans not being able to flourish in, in the role that I, I really enjoyed him in. So I had to set up the team reflecting that. And to be able to set up a midfield where... As I say, we were crippled, but still had so much quality, and we used it in different ways. Fair enough, we didn't we didn't play optimally, um, but we did with the players at our disposal, and it wasn't great at times. But when have we been in a period where we've been able to to have like such a crucial player down in the system, and still go out there and be like, "Wow, it's a really good lineup today. This this isn't bad at all. We've got, we've got quality on the bench." Well, sorry, not quality on the bench, but we've got quality in rotation and we've also have options on the bench. I wouldn't say quality on the bench. In some cases, yes, but we didn't I mean, can use the quality on um, on Saturday, I wouldn't say. You've segued into the football analysis, Chris. I wasn't expecting that, to be honest. I mean, that is why we're here predominantly, yeah. but, uh, you know, you're kind of, you're yeah. going off the, off the culture angle yeah. and then you were suddenly talking L- about yeah. our midfield. So It was um, lacking <laughs> profundity. The lacking the profundity I was expecting, to be honest, Chris, is a bit disappointing. <laughs> Oh really? Oh, maybe that's why no. you. Maybe that's it why happened. you. Maybe that's why you're just dealing in sandwiches now. Oh yeah, definitely. I'd like to think I started with a point. Uh, I don't know where I ended. But... Well, you know that that's how a lot of creativity is born. Um, I think you know it's an interesting point in midfield because because um, I think there were tired performances from Dan Neil and, and Elliot Embleton and. It's encouraging that Sunderland still got through the game. And Luke O'Neill's done a bit of a 180 on that respect, where we were sort of having a debate about 
Corey Evans, as you've just mentioned there, to say, you know, if you're going to pick your strongest three, um, would it be Evans and the and the two young lads? And um, I thought 0-9's performance in the last two games, the last game in particular, have, have he's kind of shown his experience, I think, and, and dragging them through a little bit. Well, it's just encouraging, I think, that we just... Bolton are probably the best team we've played all season um, based on that performance. And these young lads aren't going to always be consistent. And the fact we can keep a clean sheet and win the game, despite them looking a little bit leggy, I thought, which is to be expected, you know, they're not going to turn on every game, is one of the most encouraging things that I got from from the weekend's performance, I think. I don't know about Bolton being one of the best teams that we've played. I so think, no? no? I, don't, I don't think so. But um, yeah, like in terms of our ability to to keep up with the pace. And, and the, the thing is with... It's been a very interesting pace the last few home games. Now, I can't I can't say I've watched every minute of the away games. I, I watch as much as I can, but I don't dedicate that much time to it. Um, the home games in particular, the, the pacing has been so strange because when you when you turn up and watch Sunderland now, you don't ever feel that way in search of goals. You know that we're going to score goals. It's almost a given. And I don't feel like there was ever really a period last season, even when when White was, was on his amazing run, that it was like, right, well, we know we're, we're going to get a goal today, sort of thing. I feel like we're so free scoring now and it's so comfortable that we almost take it for granted. And a lot of that is Ross Stewart just being so dynamic and just being able to, um, to create and, and convert. Yeah. Um, but the way, we, the way we turned up the other day, it was just so... I don't know how I put it, really. Um, Refreshing? It's just <laughs> it's just is this why you don't do these things anymore, Chris? Yeah, man. It's um no, it's just being able with the um Dan Neil in particular. By the way, you should never trust a man with two first names. Um I feel like Dan Neil exemplifies this this summon team, the setup at the moment. It's so dynamic. Um, with Ross Stewart in particular, him him spearheading this at the moment. And uh, the back four. And listen, listen, lads, I've gone off on a tangent here. I just completely I've completely <laughs> lost it. It's great. Um, no, it's well, great. there's nothing there's nothing not to love about the team, is what you're saying, Chris, because it's from it's in every single position. There's nowhere it, it, but there's not a point, isn't there, I think, where you look on that team now, and this is interesting, Gareth, because this leads on to two individual performances in particular, because like Chris said, we've had we've had spells in this division, but you always look at the team and you always think, well, that's a, a weak link. I don't want to mention names, but Callum McFadden last season, for, for example. For me, lads, the reason that I've stumbled across my point so much, it's for me, it's a, it's a, about our ability to manage pace in games because it's it's all well and good us being able to get goals, but when we get when we get ahead in our last three games, our last three home games, it seemed like we went from a spell of we kept, we were like, right, we're getting goals. So let's, when we get two goals ahead, let's get another two goals. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, no, no, that's not necessarily the best approach to games. And this is this is the cynical side of me coming out and I didn't want to lead with this. So I was trying to frame my point in a positive way. But I think if you get a two-goal lead, you've got to adjust. You can't be going for four goals in a game. That's not how a, a, a team gets promoted. You, do, you don't have to win games by four goals. When you get two goals ahead, you should try to uh, slow down. Remember you get a third. But just get a hold of the game. You don't have to put yourselves in positions 
to be counter-attacked or teams who have still got pace or, or they've got better substitutions than you have to get a goal back. Because that's what happened in our home game. I can't, I can't remember who were played before Fleetwood. Was it Accrington? Went two goals ahead. They got a goal back. No, no, we went. We were two on. We we were one all with that written, and then and then they well, got was, one back. But... Obviously, we can yeah. pull one back, didn't they? When... It was right. That was like right at the end. Though. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember. I think somebody probably did. Fleetwood got two goals back, didn't they? Yeah, they yeah. come back from I two think, nil. I think yeah. that was the opposite approach. Where with with Agrettan, we were trying to score more goals. With Fleetwood, we were trying to kill the game off. There's no middle ground. So mm. for me, the, the ability to to win this league is our ability to ma- maintain the pace and manage the pace of games while not killing ourselves off like we did against Fleetwood. And mm. that against Bolton, I felt like it was a little bit chaotic at times because we were going full pelt the full game. There wasn't a period where we really controlled them despite being a goal up. And again, I go back to saying I'm trying not to be so negative because I can't think of a a negative thing to say about this team or this setup, top to bottom of the club at the moment, or the city going back to the cultural. Without <laughs> saying we have to be able to manage the pace of these games, mm. and I haven't seen that so far, and that's my only real yeah. criticism. Everything well, think, else is positive. I think you know, so, so going back to that, what you're saying there, but no negative. And the point I was uh, I was going to bring up with Gareth there in that I think you know when we had, if you look at the individuals. I'm not saying these people were criticised, but I think there were two players possibly who were still drawn to bait from the fan base. One was a goalkeeper and one was Dennis Sergan. And both of those players were excellent at the weekend. So it's almost like you're looking at that starting eleven now and you, you know, or nine as well. Like I've just said the point there, I thought he was carrying that midfield at times um, in terms of just his endeavour and experience Mm. and, you're looking at that starting eleven, and you, there's not one there's not one player is there. You're thinking we should we should upgrade that at the minute. Uh, no, I, th- I think that if you want to discuss like that eleven, and <clears throat> maybe I think I know what you're saying about you thought Embleton maybe was a bit tired, but I wouldn't. I, think you been... I wouldn't say they were poor. They were just yeah. they just looking no, tired. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been keen. Going to come off though, isn't he? Under um, Johnson, like he's always been the one to make way. I think I just feel like I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have been moving him to the left hand side personally, but I don't like kind of see why they they kind of did it. Um, <clears throat> Circan though, like last three games has been fantastic, um, and is you know the fact he kind of just bulldozes his way through that defender to get the ball and put a perfect ball across. Right? Sorry, you're sitting the east stand still. No, I sit in the west. All right, just because him him like hassling players on that left-hand side is just like, wow, like he's a lad who wants to, he wants the ball, you know what I mean? He's going to he get just the ball. Se- He just seemed to like pick up, um, he's picked up so much. He seems like initially he was so lethargic and didn't look a bad player, but he just like he was trying to find his way. But I thought like it might take him longer than three games and it's almost like we had that in national break then he's come back and it's like he's, he's like ready to go. Um, just his determination and strength to, yeah. get, to get past his man before he crossed that ball. That, that is certainly not a player who's lethargic. He's uh, no, definitely no, turned that No, around. no, yeah. absolutely and not. predecessors as well, like the comparison. It's just, wow. I mean, Hume, I think Hume, the, the, the contract thing, I think, has kind of clouded people's opinion of Denver yeah, Hume yeah. And, and like he's not, like it's made him worse, apparently, which is not, I don't think that is true. I think he's a good player and I think, 
for the fact that we've he's starting for the under 23s tonight, apparently, but to have Hume and Sergan available in that position, you'd probably think, well, is there a better pair of left backs available than anybody else in the league when you look at it? Like if you had to take one out and put the other in when fully fit, probably not. So you know, that that is a real positive. Um, but it's a shame for him because it looks like he'll probably miss a few games with a concussion. Um and like really like looking at like that will happen right in front of me and there's no way that he should have come back on because it was a whack like you could hear it sort of thing from where we were um and I was really surprised to let him come back on so there's no excuse these days with the five subs either no well no they haven't got five subs have Four, they? got the con- it's three and then they've got three the concussion, plus the concussion so yeah. if, if it's a concussion they can take the ex- take the extra so that's why oh, right came on is that why the- yeah, there's not five anymore. That they got that canned in the summer. Oh, um, no, there, there was the, yeah three, but he the reason they had the the reason they had the, uh, the the extra was because of the concussion. But um, yeah, he was it was a great goal as well. Like yeah. you know, Stewart could have got there. Winchester did. You know, he's in, you got both your fullbacks in the box, like within like sort of the width of the six yard box almost. I mean. That's a that's a team that wants to score goals. Um, so that's like really positive. I think the negative side of it maybe you, you know missing the chances we did. I mean, they, I think I'd agree with Steve. And I, I thought they were one of the better teams in many respects. Um, they were a bit. I was expecting them to be a lot more of a goal threat, and I was expecting a very different game. I was expecting more of a sort of basketball game. I was thinking this like. And, and it there was, was such this... a cagey sort of well, perhaps game. Perhaps that's what clouded me judgment of the quality because they were just so blunt. And well, was... I think yeah, yeah there was were, a lot of pre-match. Didn't create, they didn't create great. They had that one, that volley where they, they clipped it at the back post and he kind of came around the back and put it wide. But like aside from that, um, they were, didn't really create it. Well, the pre-match analysis of them seemed to be they score a lot and you need. Um, to score two goals to win the game, like it was, and, and that appeared to be it. But actually, um, I think they've fired a few blanks in the last in in, in the last few games. I I thought they were a good side, and I think if they had a better centre forward, they'd be even better. And I think there will be a challenge for the top two. But I think it all kind of fell apart. Um, whether that was a one-off, I don't know enough about him. That was a Doyle who was a prun. I don't know enough about him to to say that. Um, but I think uh, everything they tried to do fought, fell apart with him because I don't think he was quite. At the standard they need to be for a team who's going to walk well, automatically. I know you mentioned uh, the keeper as well. Like first half from where I was, the first save he made, the kind of the double save, um, it looked a bit like a mistake. But obviously, when you see it back, the deflection right in front of him, it was a good save. Um, and then I know like a few of the lads were kind of saying in the group about it was a bit of a match of the day save the one he tipped over the bar. And I think like one of the lads made a good point. It was his positioning that uh, that that made him make the save, but it was like again, it was right kind of in front of me. Not not I wasn't as close as Richard to it, obviously, um, but it was right in front of me, and it was like a lot it was spinning and dipping, and he had, he had to make that save um, the way he did. Uh, better to get the ball up, isn't it? Exactly. To be better to, you're better to make sure you save the ball than like meekly go for it. So the error was in the positioning, and he probably would have still had to tip it over anyway because of the trajectory of the ball. But it was, you know, it was a route. It was a 
he made some routine saves in the game. They were not really positive though, because it what is really good is after last week. I know you touched a bit on the game management thing, Chris. Um, you know, McGeady came out after the game and was like, We should be able to win most games in this division one nil. And yeah, we had the great result in the week in the cup with that change team. But for us to almost like I would say it's probably our, I don't, I don't want to use the word poorest because it doesn't seem fair because we weren't terrible, but it was, I would say, well, it was the least effective performance in how we want to play on what I've seen this season at the weekend in terms of how we want to play. And we won the game 1 0, and it was almost like that's, a, that's nice after McGeady saying what he said the previous week to go and do it the following week. What we played much worse in the game on Saturday than we did against Fleetwood and won the game. It's if you think back, Gareth, every time we've had these, you know, we've done these podcasts over the the last few years when we've been in League One. How many times have we said, right, this is now the game where we need to prove ourselves and push on and kick on, and we never do it, and we always draw those games or and come back, and it's like we've only dropped points in two games this season and the Fleetwood one, um, you know, with both of them, you know, really, we didn't deserve to lose any no. of those two games. Like the Burn one, arguably our best performance this season. Fleetwood, they kind of deserved to throw it away just because I think, because it was their own fault, I think, that, that, that um, some complacency creeped yeah. in there. So in that respect, you could say it serves them right. It was a bit of a, it, yeah, it was a bit of like a, you know, scolding a child for like doing something mm. stupid sort of thing, wasn't it? Like, you know, it was like that kind of thing, really, wasn't yeah. it? Well, you know, you you made your bed, now you got to lie in it, you know, and that's yeah. it. And that yeah. was how it was. But we, on balance of play, we didn't. Deserve, I think we deserved to win the Fleetwood game as well. Yeah, I would um, say so, yeah. I think every game this season, I don't think there's been a game where I felt we've been lucky to get out with a result in, in, in eight games, which is it's pretty good going. Um, it is. It is. It's nice. It's just nice to be able to, like, you know, not mourn about someone like Callum McFadden or any, like, you know, everything's just going so you just the, the back four uh, look really, really good at the weekend. I thought that, you know, the, the confidence that keep helps because that spreads. Flanagan was outstanding again. Um, Winchester is just doing this week in, week out now. You know, you don't really see anything. I think Callum Doyle had a good game. Um, it's just, it's just, Really, really yeah. positive. Well, I think the, the looking at the league table is the thing that oh, encourages yeah. you, Chris, isn't it? Because I'm going to get it up now because um, oh, we've lovely. we've lovely. we've. Honest, so it was a complete surprise to me because I, when I saw who we were up with, and I, I never look at the league table until like squeaky bum time or whatever. Hmm. Um, and I was surprised by who was up with us because they just didn't strike me as a team. I know they're very much a coming together team because they replaced almost like the core of the team with ex Sunderland players. But well, the top, if you look, at, if you look at the top nine, we've beaten six of them. We've played six of them and beaten them all. Mm-hmm. Out, out of the top nine, so you know that's two thirds, obviously. Um, so, you know, there's only Plymouth, Rotherham in that top nine we haven't played. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, you know. This is why, and we'll get on to tomorrow's game. This is why them games start becoming important because it's like you don't want to just be able to prove yourself to get up for these kind of games. You need to do the business against the other teams. And obviously, Fleetwood and Burton, um, you could make arguments to say we don't always, we don't always do that. I'll tell you what. Before we move move on to that, do you know when the last time anyone knowing the last time we beat Bolton at home was? Was it when Craig Gordon made that save? Uh, I don't know because there was, off the top of my head, those games kind of blended into one of me, but it was around that period, yeah. Yeah. 
So there was the one where, where Ben scored a hat trick. There was that one, and then that there was, was that was a year before this. Yeah, so it must have been that one. There were one one nil and yeah, one nil. Was it an own goal? Eighteenth of December, two thousand and ten. Or did Richardson score? Something no. Like did do you want to give me? Do you want to try and have a stab at the Sunderland team? It's, it, it, will depre- it will depress you, by the way, when you, when you remind yourself of the, the team we had then. Is it 10, we, 10 11. Yeah. We had six. We were sixth for most of that season. <laughs> you um, people talk about the top six and that now and how hard it is to break in. And Sunderland was sixth for most of that season. 2010 11. Well, you just mentioned the keeper. Gone. Yeah. Mm, Ferdinand. Alan Ferdinand, yeah. Mensa. Yeah. Ferdinand and Mensa centre half. Um, Zenden, um, Malbronk. Zenden was on the bench. Malbronk was on the bench. Yeah, Richardson was playing playing right back, or was he playing? Kieran Richardson back? was in midfield. So on uh, and Bardsley were the full-backs okay. at the time when Bardsley was 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 left back for whatever uh, reason. Hend- Henderson, Henderson, Jordan Henderson, Kieran Richardson. Um, three up front. Campbell, Fraser Campbell. Welbeck. Welbeck, yeah. Jan and Bent. Yep, as your team. Lee Catamol's the other one that's missing. Catamol, of course. How do you forget? I mean, that's quite depressing. I think we once had a team like that, isn't it? Um, Danny do you know what's, do you know what's interesting? I think one of the one of the one of the lads um, mentioned this in the kind of in the group again about you know you beat in whatever division you're in, you still you know you beat Bolton one 0 in the Premier League. You beat Bolton one nil. If you beat Bolton one nil in the in League One, yeah, it's a different level. But like in terms of the result itself, it's it's of the level, isn't it? It's an important win that you needed to do to, yeah. to, to get promoted. You know, it's it it all kind of evens out at the level you're at, doesn't it? And do you know what? There were only three thousand less on Saturday in the crowd than were there at this Premier League game, which kind of just shows that. It's not about the level you're at. When you're a football fan, you just want to go and enjoy your team putting on a good performance because that's quite remarkable if you think about it, isn't it? Thinking yeah. that, you well, know, especially that, that that was a good team. Sixth in the league, that team at the time, sixth in the Premier League. So and is that like 3,000 more season tickets, do you reckon? Or do you reckon like half of those people are walking up just because they've got the Premier League fever? No idea, but it's only an extra 3,000. So, you know, either way, it's not... It's it's pretty much the same core of following that we've got now, which is which is nice in a way, isn't it? Because it just proves that you like you know that that doesn't matter to us what what division we're in if we if we're going to put a, a team out. It's 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 a lot more than that football, isn't it? Goes a lot deeper. We don't get deep, Chris. You may not score deep just by your presence here, Chris. Okay, um, yeah. We'll uh, <laughs> we'll uh, have a little break. We'll come back and we'll just reflect again quickly on on the season so far. Look ahead uh, to the midweek game because Sunderland have a game at home at Charlton Town. <laughs> The Wise Men Say podcast is brought to you in association with From the Terrace. Cargo shorts. For a 10% discount, enter the code WMS10 at the checkout stage. Bucket heads. While you do that, check out the From the Terraces podcast, presented by Rory Fallow and Matthew Keeling. T-shirts. For more information, search for From the Terraces on social media. Men's Day podcast. Okay, we are getting the games thick and fast again now. Sunderland playing Cheltenham Town. Just a quick little uh, look to the to the start Sunderland have had. Generally, we 
put this graphic on Twitter now every week or after every game, and we update it, comparing it to the previous three campaigns when Sunderland have been at this level. We've got a little red dotted line, which indicates two points per game, which is generally where you need to be in order to get promoted. This season, there are four teams now who are above that uh, two points per game line. That's Sunderland, Wigan, MK Dons and Plymouth Argyle, who's, who are launching a bit of a charge that I don't think many people many people saw coming. Uh, this is now officially Sunderland's best start at this level as well by a good four points, which just highlights, I think, what we were saying earlier, Gareth, about how we've never in previous seasons been able to capitalise on the good positions we've gotten ourselves in, we've always then followed up with a disappointing 1-1 draw or something and a clear four points. So, interestingly, and I don't know if we would have known this last season, um, after eight games in the previous three seasons, so two under Jack Ross, one under Parkinson, um, we had to say we had 15 points after after eight games on all three occasions there. So, we um, are a good four points clear of that now, which is good, isn't it? It's a nice little... Nice little thing to be positive yeah, about that. Well, especially when you look at the teams we've beaten, as, of, as we've already said. Definitely, definitely. And, you know, the, the points we should have taken from the, ta- the the games that we haven't haven't taken the points from, so, you know, the, where we've dropped the four points, we should have... Well, we should have... Well, so the five points, is it? Sorry. Yeah, we should have uh, We should have had those points, really. I think it's, it's particularly encouraging because... I think something that we haven't really discussed, which we're, again, we're kind of taking for granted. There's a, there's a lot we're taking for granted here about how good the Sullen team is, particularly Aidan McGeady. So he had a kind of, I wouldn't say anonymous, but he was just like a chilled a chilled show the other day where he was like very much a part of the team, but he wasn't the star of the show sort of thing. And that's that's brilliant to, to be able to get a player like that to do that because players like that want to be the star of the show. Traditionally, it's very mature of them to, to have that role in the team. But that's that's a commodity as well because we haven't even had that luxury recently um, because of his injury problems. And this this is something we're taking for granted because it's probably gonna it's probably gonna flare up again because I feel like it's an inflammation issue where it's a long term thing. So he's gonna have to get his injections or whatever it is to get him through it, and then the recovery period or however whatever he's doing. Um, and he might sit out for spells, but him being able to contribute in a very um, Six out of ten, seven out of ten capacity on days like that is is fantastic. Um, going into this winter period, where we're pl- fair enough, we're playing teams that are not around us on the table. These are, these are games that we're expected to win, but it's completely different with fi- fixture congestion and conditions and stuff like that in the winter. Players like that, I'm not saying that he's not going to want to play, but his body's going to be telling him that he doesn't want to play for sure. Not making any assumptions, but you know he's 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 not getting any younger and whatever no, he's pain. I, like this is a luxury that we're enjoying at the moment. I, I yeah, it's a good point because I, I would have thought that you know I think and we've said before you know the wide positions are probably the ones where we we if you were going to see I would like a little bit more cover there you know it would be there but and we, we've said previously like Emma, plan aside from him when we're set up for the season it was like right in McGeady's going to play wide for us this season and I thought. Mm, is he though? You know what I mean? I didn't expect mm. him to have had a have a period of form like he's having now where he's contributing every game. Um I thought he was going to be in and out of the team. I didn't th- I didn't think this was going to be a sustainable season for him. But now Well it'd be interesting to see the players. Yeah, yeah. Tuesday. Because uh, like I said, I think you know that change putting Embleton out wide 
putting Pritchard in. I feel like he's wanting to do that. I think he obviously likes Pritchard. He obviously likes Pritchard. And I think I would have thought it would have been this game he would have done that because I thought he would have kept things the way they were. Um, oh, Gooch got injured at that said, didn't he? And I guess if he thinks this uh, Jacko is not ready ready to start, that, that's the issue he's got. So that's going to be interesting, isn't it? That's the first I think it, real it, selection, selection dilemma, isn't it? What, I think now, because McGeady, can McGeady play two games a week? Probably not. I think now he's lost that. And he played the full game at the weekend, didn't he? Yeah. Um, so now, I mean, now Gooch has come out. He's been forced to bring him out. He's, he's had, he had to make that change. I think looking at Diaco, the main criticism will be that when he doesn't have the ball, he doesn't look in the game at all, if that makes sense. Um, it looks like it's just passing him by. Um, and then, obviously, the wastefulness. Now, the shot over the bar, fair enough. I think, but then there was a bit of frustration about that. But I think it comes on the back of the daft choice, like bad decision making. It was almost like watching like a Lyndon Gooch like four years ago, like trying to beat somebody five times instead of just like opening the space and taking the shot. The positive thing is, you know, you can train that out of him. So he can be, you know, you can look at that and go, when the opportunity comes there, that's when that's when you, you know, do the final ball. You don't have to. And he did it at Wigan, didn't he? He went through on goal and had too many touches. Then he tried to square it and it's like, you know, Take the opportunity when it's there, um, and and that the positive thing about him is he looks like he's got the technical ability. And he looks like he's got a little bit of pace. Um, whether I'd start him at the moment, I wouldn't trust him in a game. Like personally, wouldn't trust him in a game from the start at the moment. But you know, I think uh, he'll, he'll feature. He'll feature Tuesday because of the play, like McGeady's age. Pritchard he probably will still, feature. Probably not. Yeah, I'm to. saying I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect them to start. No. It might be a bigger, an even longer cameo this time because maybe because McGeady's played a full game. I'm fine. I'm fine. I don't think he's still, bad. You know, like, Pritchard is still maybe not. I think where he needs to be with fitness. Comparison, body composition wise, and maybe his decision making wise, maybe he's like a Barini at times when he wasn't mm. quite in the game. Um, I think the easy comparison to make um, in recent times in terms of can he make that impact in games is is Jordan Jones, like when he was coming on last season. I felt like there was like, oh, he's he's got a bit of bottle this lad, like he's probably going to get involved. Whereas this very very early to judge this, I can't actually pronounce his name. Um, number seven, he came on number seven. Um, uh, um, very early to judge, but I feel like he's a little bit a little bit lightweight, a little bit like Barini, as I say. Um, so that technical ability, as you say. I was thinking maybe he's a little bit, bit, little bit young as I where he's obviously got it, but then when he gets himself into the positions, he doesn't seem to be able to do the easy thing, which is just put it past the keeper. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah. Jordan Jones comparison crossed my mind at the weekend where well, he was not, like, not because of his like ability or anything, just because he was his equivalent last season, like when he's coming off. Yeah, the end, was, I know. I, 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 you sort of get the impression as he is, he needs to improve. But you feel, you feel like there's a game, there's something special from him in, yeah. in maybe one in five or something, which is not really enough. But you do, you look at you him. Do feel like the, he's got something in his lock. He's going to provide one moment this season for us where we're all like, wow. It's not the thing is, it's, the good thing about him is, it's nothing to do with the ball at his feet. It's to do with the game in his head. Yes, that's what it is. And you can, you can, you can. You can train somebody to if he's got the ability, you can you can you know Pavlo conditioned dogs to salivate with a bell. So if you can do that, then you can make him shoot earlier. Do you know what I mean? 
maybe we need to introduce electric shock shock treatment at the training ground. If you listen to Carol, a lot of uh, bring that in, maybe a lot of GCSE psychology students not on the head listening now. It, well, even even from just merely a teleconversion <laughs> perspective, like in the, in the short time he's been on the pitch and the chances he's created, eventually they're going to go in, aren't they? Like he he creates chances in, in ways that we don't necessarily have that in rotation other than him. I mean, if, if you look if you look at it on if you looked at it just as a head to head at the moment, and you took Maguire and you took Tajagu, and I bet you like if you brought Maguire on in that situation. You'd probably get more out of him now. However, in eighteen months' time, I think you're going to get more out of Dijaku if he realizes the if he if he can resolve that um, decision making. And that's what it's about, isn't it? With a lot of times with forward areas, it's not about ability; it's about decision making. Um, and you'd like to think, given the opportunity, you know, and the right, you know, stewardship, he's going to be able to to find those good decisions and you don't like oftentimes as a forward player you don't have to make a good decision every time you'll just need to get three three or four chances and make a good decision once yeah um to, to do something so he likes to pass when he's one-on-one you know what i mean like, yeah well he that's what he did didn't he, not, he did, you know, against wiggins so he's not coming on in in times of the game when People are fresh around him, so he's like a little bit of a rabbit headlights. I think I felt as though he was not overawed, but I felt as though he was a little bit like when he came on, he was a bit right. I'm gonna like, like I'm, I'm gonna show off a bit here. It felt a little bit like, and it was quite funny because when he like chopped that ball and it was like left foot, uh, and then on it was right, and then on it was left again. It was, and, it, and people just like, <laughs> just see everyone like shoot, yeah, and then it was, it was interesting. I bet he was thinking, oh. Maybe I shouldn't do that again. And hopefully, hopefully, you know, because you know, it's a different, it's a different standard of football. I'm sure that our um, our third division is probably better than their their third division. So yeah. it's, a, um, it's a different culture as well, not just a yeah, different standard. Definitely of like, different. It's a lot of Wild West, like yeah. one at times, like the, not just the crowds, but the the games as well. Yeah. So, like a million mile a minute, like that one up the other day. So yeah. you, can't, you can't string three passes together, and it's like, wow, what am I doing with my career? I think <laughs> it, tomorrow's going to be an interesting one because I think for the Cheltenham game, depending on when you listen, if you listen on Tuesday, it is tonight, not tomorrow. Um, I think. Yeah, let's let's make a call on. I feel, I feel for me, I feel as though the game is going to be very much like a game when we first went down, and you get this team coming to the stadium. And it's the first time they've played at the stadium, and it's like this is great. Like it's the it's the big stage, and I think it's gonna they're gonna. As we saw a lot of the time, these teams came first season, first 20, 25 minutes. The adrenaline's going, they're running all over the place. Um, and now I'm not saying we shouldn't start the front foot, but I think we need to be wary. I would say. You know, if they do do that, then it's going to be a case of if we see out that 20, 25 minutes in the tyre, which always used to happen, like these teams would come and just be like flying. We'd go 1-0 down and then it would be a case of us trying to get the equaliser and trying to get the winner afterwards. Um, so I think we need to be careful we don't, in our endeavour going forward, don't give them an opportunity to capitalise um, when, when, when they're 
the most rampant in the game. But like that's just based on the fact that they that could happen. They might not happen. I mean, they might just come and sit in and you know relax in the occasion and do that. But I just think like with Cheltenham coming up last season, it's not very often that they'll get the opportunity to to come and play in a you know. Yeah, it's interesting how you make that point. It's interesting you frame it that way because. I didn't know Cheltenham was a football team. I thought, <laughs> it, I thought it was a race meet, to be honest. Well, well, it I, is that as well. I didn't know they were doing football these days. Um, so in terms of this like big club mentality, or oh, this is the first time they played at the, the stadium. I think it's a, sec- it's a second time they played at the stadium. Yeah. Um, they, we beat them 1-0 in the, in the cup game in 2005. And Danny Collins was in the team. Yeah, so that mm. a, interesting. Right, let's 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 wrap things up by making a call on on yeah. who we think because he's going to make some. He has to make some changes, doesn't he? So, um, left back uh, Huggins came in and did okay. He he mm. gave one away, one away, and one in one when the whole stadium held a breath when he gave the. It ball was correct. Tell you what, he was actually, he was absolutely absolutely outstanding against Wigan. Yeah, um, I think he was all right the weekend. A couple of hairy he moments. Looked him, but he he's, looked. He's just. Easing himself back in still, I think. It's harder coming into the game, isn't it? Yeah, of course it is. I mean, he's not going to do it, but like, one night left back in Evans in the nah. middle. He'll not going to do it, is he? So, forget that. It'll be <laughs> still, I mean, all nine's kind of done 180 with that now. It's like, you know, we were beginning the season saying possibly, you know, he's played there. He's played there well, but I, after, I'd be leaving that midfield of three alone at the moment. Yeah, um, I think that was a bit, that was one of the negatives of the weekend. Mm. I thought the, the substitutions and then the midfield three, it was like, well, what are you, what are you actually doing? Like they were just kind of. It looked like he went Evans sitting in the two in front, but the just shape was not. It wasn't there. It was. It wasn't. Uh, it just didn't work. So, um, I don't think Pritchard's. If if uh, Evans was in contention, like I don't think Pritchard starts, does he? He he didn't like solidify himself as like right. This is my position now. I wouldn't be wanting to start against Cheltenham at home though with. Evans or nine and no. and uh, and um, no, no. Neil in midfield, yeah. like definitely not. You're gonna have to have the one in front. I'd want to get Embleton back into the middle, um, and I'd want to play like a, a wide player to, like to come in. Who? So what? It's, it's, I'd rather it's, have. It's it's going to be Pritchard or well, I'd rather or Pritch, Shaka, I'd rather Shaka. Pritchard. I'd rather, I'd rather Pritchard went went wide to be honest than than an Embleton. Personally, yeah, I mean, you could. Well, what about Broadhead? Yeah. You go, you go for Broadhead. Oh, I think. Brian. We if you look at get about you know, those people. Oh, Brian. Yeah, I mean, Scott, Scott yeah. Atrick. I mean, if you look at, <laughs> a couple um, of games ago. If you look at the way Broadhead plays, on the little I've seen him, if you look at um, Morton, who at Fleetwood the other week and, and Lincoln previously, when he, I feel as though he, the style of, he's quite a similar style of player, where I think like he might be quite handy, like just sitting, sitting in that pocket on the left behind the fullback and just making his, Timing those runs in behind. I mean, especially I think Cheltenham play with a back three. Um, and I don't know Danny showed some clips. You know, he was talking about it earlier and like demonstrating some clips. And um, we we're having a chat with him, and like kind of there's an, there was enough space in that Cheltenham defence to put a bar in Stephen. Um, so you know maybe if you've got someone like Broadhead coming in off that side, in behind the wing back, and then you're getting two. You know, two up against or three up against their back three. You know, and you're taking those players out of the game. You know that might be an interesting, an interesting thing to try. But I feel as though at the moment, like when he does change things, um, it works. You know, like 
it the results prove it. I mean, we've won four games in the cup, we've won six games in the league, we've won, lost one in twelve. I mean, you know, you can't. Everything he's done's worked. So it vindicates the transfer window as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was very. I was very nervous about the transfer window, and I know during the transfer window, people get like about you know players that you've never seen before suddenly become like somebody you've always known about and the best player in the world. You know, we don't know, we know nothing about the vast majority of these players. So what it has shown, like the energy and the athleticism that have come into the squad is something we've been sorely lacking in previous years and has made a massive difference. Mm. So I'll be, I'll be tempted. If you're going to make that change, I'll be tempted to put Hamilton back in the 10 and maybe bring Broadhead in on That's the good left. Shout. And let him let him drift, let him drift in that left hand side. His goal against Wigan in. is exactly what you want from somebody in that position. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Just wrapping it up, looking at the fixtures. Um, I mean, it's important we should we should win this game, and it's important that we do. Uh, you know, we're looking at who we're looking at now: Plymouth are at home to Crew, based on form this season. Expect them to win that. MK Dons are at home to Fleetwood, on based on form this season. You expect them to win that. We're going to play in Sheffield Wednesday, an interesting game. Um, One in four of the Sheffield. Well, this this is it. I might you say that a... one at Ipswich? At the, they must have yeah, seen. Have you seen that goal, one, Chris? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hilarious. I mean, who, who, why isn't somebody shouting? Well, that's what I, I was wondering. That why isn't the, the players, crowd? The players. Why, imagine yeah. the stadium. Imagine the stadium. The beach out just like shouting at the keeper. But it, but it was at the home crowd. Oh, of course, it? yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was at here. Of course, it was at Ipswich, yeah. So they, they would have stu- been stupid comment. Home they would have been. They would have been purposely <laughs> not saying anything. Yeah, yeah. The players, you think outfield players? Come on, like switch on a little bit and tell them what. That'll be interesting to maybe show us where, where those teams are as well, where Sheffield Wednesday in particular, because people just assume they're going to challenge because it's Sheffield Wednesday and, you know, the size of the club indicates that they would. But like you say, not in the best form. So it'll be interesting to see how they get on at Wigan. Chris, before we go, do you want to plug something? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I'm releasing, or rather now I have released a new single. Um, and you, you can get it on all the usual channels, Spotify and all that stuff. But I'm also releasing it on Sandwich. So in conjunction... <laughs> with uh, Robson's Family Butchers on Pallion Road in Sunderland, St. Luke's Shopping Terrace. Uh, you can find the, the CP dip, which is a traditional savoury dip. And with that, you will get an exclusive access code to my single on sandwich. But it's not just, it's not traditional, is it? It's got jalapenos in it. Oh, you've given away the secret sauce, Gareth. Oh, what have you done? Well, it says jalapeno on, it says oh, jalapenos no. on, it says jalapenos on the, on the, Listen, mate, I've got the number one selling series dip in the world right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Screws out of all of it. Are you going to yeah, yeah. rival? What's on the What's what meats are on the dip? Oh, mate, savory. All the meats. All the meats. Mystery so it's meat like turkeys, your hams, your corks, your right, beefs. Who would you trust with your meat more than a butcher's? Is it unless it's Hillary Briss, and then it's a no. But yeah, well, I I, I agree. I agree. I am sure Robson, there's no human Robson meat in your Sunderland. sandwich, Chris. Robson's of Sunderland, you know what I mean? They're so, they're so periodic, they put the name to it. Yeah. <laughs> but to, it's, it does sound absolutely something that I would eat. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Well, if he's ever in the Pallion area, and you probably are every day because you're both local lads. Um, well, I, live, I work in Teesside, Chris, so it's a bit of a schlep like, but you know. I know. I was trying to upsell you, but it's fine. Upsell me? Yeah, because Pallion's God's country, for God's sake. I, was trying I used to, to live in Pallion. Yeah, exactly. I was trying to, like, like Patrice as working class heroes, like living amongst them. Yeah, I did. There's, for a, there's while. a question There's a question for the Quick Fire Five um, Clanny House or um, what, The Forge? There you go. <laughs> the big rivalry. 
Well, well, House of the Forge, Stephen. Don't get me started. A lot of internal politics around that, right? <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> but you're, a, but you're the what do you call it? The one on, on Chester Road next to the Marine Library. No, Foster's uh, building. What do you the call for, it? The Prospect. The, the Forge is it yes, That was no. Um, Prospect is uh, over at St Peter's. Um, precinct. That building. The precinct. Called. That was yes. it. The precinct. Yes, indeed. Gone. Is it gone now? It's not there. It's just standing um, empty at the moment. I think they've just sold the. Oh, no, is there then? It's certainly up for sale. It's there, but it's not. It's not in use. You said it's not there. No, sorry, but it's not in use. Is what I meant. It's not active. It's so, not active. Yeah. Am I doing a competition or? Oh, I, it's just like I feel like I'm a work. Do you want to so do, gonna, do, gonna, do gonna, a competition? We're going to wrap things up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, go on then. How's that going to uh, work then? What deck? You you set the competition and then we'll we'll explain how it works. Right. Do so have to so do Twitter. Do Twitter. Ah, yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. So I'm giving away two of these special savoury dips at Robson's of Sunderland Butchers. If you answer this question correctly, uh, I think you can get in touch with these lads on Twitter. They'll do the question on Twitter, I guess. So we're just going to draw the oh, number. No, what we should say is... Do a number generator. No, what we should out. say is that only listeners get access to this question. So if you've listened this far, if you answer the question at, at Wise Men Say and at what's your Twitter handle, Chris? You know what? Just do yours. Doesn't matter. Okay, you just at Wise Men say pod and say dip answer. Uh, hashtag dip answer. Yeah. Right, there's it there. No, hashtag, hashtag CP dip. Let's hashtag CP dip and then do yeah. your answer. C-P-dip. What's the question, Chris? It's great, this, isn't it? We should work in marketing. Oh, yeah. We, we knock that out in like, what, 45 seconds? Yeah, well, it requires thought. That's a bullhead problem. Yeah. Um, so the question is, how many children... How many kids did Chris Coleman have when he lost his job as Sunderland manager? And if, you you're, a, if you're a fan of sound bites, you shouldn't have to look up the answer. To no, that I think proper Sunderland fans should know the answer. To that was so yeah. Happened. So oh, reply at I at Wise Men Say Pod and then hashtag CP Dip and give your answer. Yeah, um, and, and then, then we'll just do a number generator. And then we'll, the yeah, we'll, and we'll yeah. get and next on next Monday's show, we'll announce the winner, and then we'll put you in, point you in Chris's direction for a brace of delightful uh, dip action. Yeah, dips. dips. Remember, yeah. On, remember on um, Strike It Rich when or Strike It Lucky, as it was correctly called, um, when you used to win a brace of pheasants. That was like <laughs> one of the prizes. So it's a brace of dips. I mean, you know, I'd rather have a brace. Would you rather have a brace of? There's another one for your top five uh, quick fire questions, Stephen. Brace of dips or brace of pheasants? Okay, dips for me. Dips for me. Write it down. The Barry Moore of Pallion. I would say Barry Moore of Pallion. They close the pool there, aren't they, Pallion? Yeah, I was going to say that could open itself up to so many things. We'll not go down. We'll not yeah. go down that road. Right. Thanks for coming on, Chris. Um, and, <laughs> and on as, that bombshell. And as, as always, thanks for listening.